Welcome to Homeschooling Homegirls. I'm Tiffany. So today we're kicking it with my husband, George. Um, we have raised three always unschooled kids. They are 23, 17, and the youngest one's nine. I have a list of 21 questions that George has, I have not ran by him before this, so they're going to be authentically his answers. Join us for this episode. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Homeschooling Homegirls podcast. Join us as we take up space by sharing our bi-POC experiences in the homeschool-unschool world. I'm your host, Tiffany Sandoval. I spent most of the last 19 years in the homeschool-unschool world listening to the advice from narratives that did not include me or anyone that was not from the white or white-adjacent lived experience. This podcast is about elevating the voices that for far too long have been silenced in the name of white fragility. My hope is that by sharing our stories, others can see that homeschooling and unschooling is one of many paths to raise empowered, educated people. Stories will be shared from lived experiences, not theories, and different perspectives are encouraged. So grab your coffee or your cocktail and join us as we expand our perspectives. This is um, our eighth episode of Homeschooling Homegirls podcast, but the first vlog version um, so leave comments below, let us know how we do, and I'll post his social media and website in the show notes. So today we're going to cover like a dad's Q&A and a little bit of a marriage Q&A. Question number one, how long have we been unschooling? Our journey began as soon as we met and our daughter was four. So, um, I had, yeah, I had very little input up until that time. So together, yeah. Yeah, I'd say we started right about uh, 19 years. Question number two, mm-hmm. why did we decide to homeschool or in school? Do you remember? I do remember. You know, I thought public school was the way and the only way. So I really wanted to emphasize that I wanted our daughter to be in the public school system. George met me with a four-year-old. And for that first year, she was at um, a community college daycare program that was ran, like I had never seen anything before. It was the closest to Montessori with Waldorf kind of, um, they had animals and it was a lot of art and Jade's really creative. And then five years, you know, she's five and they wanted her in kindergarten. And so we found a Montessori school. And George, even at the time was like, what the hell's Montessori? (laughs) And he would take her and, um, he would drop her off and pick her up and she would still be at the gate. And I thought it was a great program, you know, multi-language, um, very art driven, but it was the worst decision we ever made. And so then after that, he decided that she needed to go to kindergarten. Um, but, and I was really against it, but we were both working full time. Yeah. Um, and so I told him if he wanted her to go to kindergarten that he would have to get her ready do her lunch, do her hair. And at the time she had, she has a lot of hair, but she had a long, like she had hair to her waist. Yeah. Um, right. And so he did detangle it and send it. And so anyways, he got her already. This little girl that was always covered in paint and barely any clothes on was now in a buttoned up uniform with a skirt and long sleeves. And he put her hair in a ponytail that was like on the side of her head. Hey, I tried. <laughs> I got better. (laughs) Anyways, um, it lasted two days because he saw how she, our wild child was kind of conforming. Yeah. And I think that's how we got to like homeschooling and schooling. It was like he needed to process it out 
And, um, and I needed to let that happen, even though it was like everything was screaming inside me not to let my kid go to, to public school. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, yeah, she was uh, my, my guinea pig. Really. She, <laughs> she, I saw right away that it just wasn't, um, it wasn't for her. I mean, just, you know, talking to her and asking her how her day was, you know, and I think once we, or once I personally saw that, I knew there had to be a, a better way, a different way. So were you um, in the beginning on board with homeschooling or unschooling? Uh, not the beginning, no. I, uh, you know, I knew I knew one way, and I knew what I thought was the only way. You know, which I thought homeschooling worked for other people, other people that had, like, you know, it, it's a lifestyle change, really. Uh, um, homeschooling, it's it's a different lifestyle. I just I just thought it wasn't. They didn't fit our lifestyle. You know, it's you, know, you got two working parents. You. Uh, you know, you uh, you do things with you know dual incomes, and it's hard to to be able to, you know, when you're when you're coming up and you're 21 years old, 22 years old, and you're trying to figure things out. You know, it, you know, you know one way. You know. Oh, that's a good that's a good thing to bring up. Yeah, we were 21 <laughs> with a five year old, um, and so we were a lot younger than most parents anywhere we went. Um, okay, so do you remember? Okay. The, do you remember going to that Unitarian church where we first heard about unschooling? I do. Yes. Like right in the beginning, right when we found out like school isn't going to work. Oh yeah. That was, that was memorable in the sense that I was, I was scared. I thought uh, Tiffany was taking me to join a cult or <laughs> something like, I was like, they're going to make us drink this thing at the end and we're all going to join and we're going to sing a song and you know, we're all going to unite. That was, you know, it was, it was interesting because I mean I was catching maybe thirty percent of the information that was coming at me, and you know my mental block is like no, mm, okay I'm trying to be open, but what is this? I don't get it. I don't Can you describe what it was like, like when we first got there? Uh, you know we I don't remember if we were all sitting in a circle, or if we were all sitting kind of in these little chairs, you know, like little little kids, and we're like we're ready to be blessed or something you know it was like i it was just really weird for me it just uh, information was coming at me at like you know 100 miles per hour and i was just trying to do my best to field it and you know take what i can uh tiffany was you know super excited you know that even we were even considering this so i was trying to be there for her and trying to be there for the benefit of our daughter just to just to see a different way a better way what was like, can you remember like your, maybe your first or your most, I don't know, important, I don't know, whatever sticks in your mind of like the reservation you might've had with it? Uh, with uh, well, the reservation to, un to not homeschool or unschool. I just, you know, just lack of knowledge and lack of experience, you know, am I gonna be qualified to be able to do this or facilitate this or do my part in this you know I just um I just didn't know where I would fit in the process and uh yeah it was scary uh, I was scared so there's six years between our oldest and then the, the our second and then so did your reservations change what were your reservations with Dylan you know schooling or unschooling unschooling Dylan we unschooled him 
with Dylan, I felt like, um, I, I think you're always scared with your first. You're a little bit more comfortable with your second. By the third, you're... <laughs> <laughs> I was third in my family, you know, so yeah, I was, I had a little bit more freedom in my life, but uh, I, I think with Dylan, I think I had um, a little bit better expectation. I mean, he was, I mean, Jade was only six at the time. So I think, um, you know, uh, just seeing how things were processing for Jade, um, still obviously you know only maybe a year or two fresh into the process i, I still wasn't 100 comfortable but i think as uh, dylan came more of age and i saw the progression with with jade you know it just you know you you, you base everything on progress you know and there's no you, know, you see other kids and there's no level of you know um there's no grade level, there's no, you know, test, you know, you don't know how they're doing. So you just have to really trust the process. And I think as Arch, as Jade matured, and um, I think it was right about maybe 10 or 11, where I was, I felt that we were on the right path. And of course, that made it just so um, natural. And Dylan came to five, six, that it was you know, definitely the decision, a great decision. I remember you having, um, so it sounds like a lot of time, like five, like five years into it, where then Dylan is now like school age. So we had five years with Jade and like, um, I guess we should be very clear. Like we didn't have any, we didn't do any curriculum. We didn't do any testing. There was no like, this is math and this is science. Like we basically lived our life. Like I was still working, he was still working and Jade cooked a lot. <laughs> like she baked a lot. She made, um, she's, she's our artistic kid. Like she's always creating. So like, um, there was no bedtime. There was no, there was no structure. And so that's what I think he's alluded to when he says like, there was no, like we jumped in with both. We jumped in head first, one before there was any water. Um, and I think he kind of just trusted me. I don't know if that's because she was my kid first and he kind of just thought I knew what I was doing. Um, but I know that when we had Dylan and it was like, oh, they don't come already potty trained and <laughs> a whole person. Um, and he got all the first um, with Dylan in a sense. Like I know that one of the issues I remember was like he didn't, Dylan didn't read until he was like nine or 10. Nine or 10, yeah. I mean, he was gaming at eight, seven, eight. And it was a lot of us reading to him, like what the comments were, or trying to help him. But um, I know that that was hard when uh, neither, okay, we'll get there. But um, I know that that was like a huge one. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was seeing that process play out, but then seeing how it just came to them, like like walking, I think, uh, in one of the dad's conferences, like, um, you know, somebody brought it up uh, very well. Was like, you know, we don't teach our kids to walk. You know, they, um, they, 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 they watch, they learn, they pick it up, and they just do it right. And uh, uh, reading for me, I, I think, as as a young kid, was uh, it was a, uh, you know, pushed hard in a, in uh, 
you know, public school. So uh, the fact that uh, my children were able to pick it up and do it because they loved it rather than that they had to, uh, I think it gives them more want to read. You know, uh, they, they enjoy it. Okay, so this question is going to change from the beginning, I think, with each kid, because your role has changed with each kid. So what role do you play in our unschooling life? Um, facilitator, financer. <laughs> <laughs> I think in the beginning, uh, you went, you were like the only dad at park days. Yeah, yeah. No, I was, uh, you know, in my line of work, I had more flexibility to be able to um you know, drop in on a park day and really um, hang out uh, with the kids, you know, seeing, seeing the kids, you know, in, in all their glory, you know, having a good time, enjoying, enjoying life, you know, just, you know, taking in the sun and, um, you know, that to me is just, uh, you know, that's, that's true living right there. So they were, they were experiencing all the best things of, uh, of life, you know, just being around people that they enjoyed being around. And, um, you know, we met some very, very cool people along the way. So he was like the Peter Pan dad. Oh, yeah. That's what they used to call him. They used to say, are you Peter Pan or are you Hook? So if he was Hook, it's because he was working. Um, and if he was Peter Pan, he was going to go be like the biggest kid on the playground or the biggest yes. instigator on the playground, getting them to go try stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> like who could jump across things or who could uh, one park day the kids tied them up and like literally took those like um like Crayola marker crayola markers and like tattooed like his face his arms it you know he was like the biggest kid okay so now like what how is your role chase so that was like more with like jade and dylan mm -hmm. and like with um logan like how is your role change like what's your role look like with him i think my role with him is um he's a little bit more you know he, he loves sports he loves competition he loves doing that i think that brings that aspect out of me where i'm like um you know uh, sports i mean we'll, we'll just go we'll, we'll play baseball and he gets frustrated when he's not 100 great at something you know and I, and I tell him that's something you're gonna have to work at i think with him, just because he is the you know third child, I tend to. Uh, I always been obviously with him. <laughs> um, you know, I tend to I tend to work him a little bit more. You know, just not let in so easy. I kind of. Um, and it's then, his personality. Too, it though. is his personality. He's the kid. Yeah. Like each of our kids are really different. Jade is. She would have done fine in school. She's like the go with the flow. Um, very creative. Um, I know one of the biggest questions we get is like, aren't you scared of them being like the weird homeschooled kid? Jade would have been the weird kid at school. Like, she, <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with being weird. I think Jade was just very not, um, Jade wanted to talk about like art and jazz and current events. And she was a big reader, but not so much big on people. And neither am I, I'm not a people person. I mean, I played the game in, in school because that was my choice, but like, um, she's quiet. She, she still likes one or two people. Um, Dylan is our social kid. Like that kid, we were busy all the time, pre-COVID. <laughs> um, he fits in everywhere. Um, Logan is our difficult one. Like 
our kid that we know that like from right off the bat, there's certain things that we needed to um, guide a little bit more um, with him. You know, he is um, the kid that is most like me. I think Dylan is the kid that's kind of has the best of us. And I think Jade is a lot like George in the sense of like personality. Um, but she's me like with people. And Dylan is more like George of people. George is um, a really good people person. Like he's the guy who's going to know everybody in the room by the time we leave a space. So I think knowing who your kid is really affects the way I think we've homeschooled or unschooled, like the guidance wise, like yeah. you said with Logan, like Jada needed, um, Jada wanted a little less input than any of our kids, I think. Yeah. And Dylan is he'll try anything once you know he, but he, it's he's a very caring person and so his his emotions guide him a lot and logan is hell or high water he's going to do what the hell he wants yeah. um <laughs> and he's not going to do what he doesn't want so there's a, the, you just our homeschooling or unschooling has adjusted for each kid it's different a little bit and they're all um there's six years between jade and dylan and there's eight years between dylan and logan and there's 15 years between jade and, and logan so We've also had like time gaps to be able to like look at things and kind of redo them a little different. Um, okay, so what do you think? Oh, this is a question. What do you think um, unschooling has done for your relationship with your kids? I honestly, I, I, I get compliments from my um, from my brother whose children are in uh, traditional school, and he's always really love the relationship that we have with our kids i mean i could talk to them about anything and everything and as they get older i mean there are times when it's you know maybe a little harder to connect uh, obviously easy when they're little because it's all fun and games and then as they get older you know more serious conversations are had or not had um but you know i feel like i feel like it could be more open and uh, honest with them when it comes to uh, uh, things that they see, you know, I mean, you know, life comes at you in so many different ways. And uh, I think it's, uh, you can be a little bit more yourself around them. You don't have to hide as much, you know, they see I think everything. it's kind of hard to hide because they're around us yeah, all the time. Right. They just, they, they know they get, I mean, if um, they can tell by the, they can really tell by, uh, you saying something or not saying something or you uh you know or the, or the way you say it you know it's just <laughs> like they just they read uh they read you so well and you kind of read them as well so i mean there's a lot there's definitely that closeness you know where you just you're around someone so much you, you know uh we were raised very differently than the way we're raising our kids and like there's sometimes where like our kids say something and other people might think it's rude or it's just super direct and I am always like, God, they like trust us to be able to say stuff like that because like there is no way in hell I would have said that to my parents yeah. uh, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> or, or joke around like that or, uh, you know, just be real. There was a, it just wasn't done. And so like the fact that um, our kids kind of have that, I feel like a friendship parent, there's not like I'm the parent. I know some people are like, I'm not my kid's friend, but like, I don't know, to us they're around us all the time um I mean, there's a true relationship there. yeah right it's not just genuine it's just i don't know so yeah i think that um 
Okay. Did you ever struggle or do you struggle to tell friends or coworkers that we unschool? Like, or when it's brought up or like the question is, where do your kids go to school? Or like if they ask the kids, mm -hmm. I know our kids' answers have been like, oh, I don't go to school. Oh, or what grade are you? Oh yeah, um, what grade are you in? They're looking always, at us. That was always a big one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think at the very beginning, um, I didn't know how to answer that. Um, you know, I mean, I didn't necessarily say um, our kids don't go to school, but I, you know, I, I would just kind of um, not engage in that conversation or <laughs> avoid that conversation or change the subject of, in that conversation. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, look at that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there, there wasn't a lot of uh, deep conversations. Now where it's different, I feel like um, obviously having, having the experience and having the confidence now, um, it's, it's way different. I, I think at the, at the very beginning, yeah, very difficult conversation where I, I think it's also more socially acceptable now so that it's not as uh, weird or awkward to start a conversation. You know, I think more or less, um, you know, we have people coming back and asking that, oh, hey, hey, how, how is that? How is that working out for you? Or, uh, or people that are more interested in, in, you know, in the process now and, and into homeschooling. They have, they have questions, you know, and I obviously peeled everything over to Tiffany, but... <laughs> Um, you know, uh, but um, no, it's it's a lot easier or better conversation for me to have now than it was at the very, very beginning, so. Okay, so this is kind of ties into that. Um, how do the people that raised you, your parents mm -hmm. or your siblings, um, describe how we educate our kids? Like, has it ever been, has they ever asked you or do they ever, I don't know, has that ever been a thing? Um, I think I've had more real conversations with my uh, second oldest brother in, in regards to uh, how it's worked for them. And I think they, you know, it's not something we really openly talk about. I think they, I think they gauged our success or process by our relationship with them it kind of goes back to that relationship how they they see how it's how it's maybe different and uh yeah they, i get i get compliments on how different that is um from an educational standpoint not really a whole lot of um uh deep conversations i think in regards to you know, I mean, it's not like they're, you know, they, every time we get at a family function, they've got like 10 questions that our kids have to answer or anything, you know, they just. I think it's different when they were little. I think when they were little. Um, there was maybe like, like not maybe the adults, but the kids like asking questions. It was like the cousins, I think, asking sometimes, yeah, like, like, do you know how to do this? Do you know what this times this is? Do you? Like the quizzing. Yeah, it was more like the, their grade level kind of cousins that were just kind of, you know, I mean, our kids are, you know, older in some cases than uh, on my side of the family, but on your side of the family, okay. I think they're more age, you know, kind of age level or grade level. So it definitely came from that side of the family where it was like. Oh, that's true. Because there was, yeah, there was that, uh, that time where. I think um, one of our kids or both of our kids were asked, you know, where they go to school or, and I think my daughter's answer was always, so we don't go to school. 
And then, uh, what was it? I think they said something like, oh, well, then you must not be very smart then. And um, yeah, I was like, you know, and I think they just stopped talking to them. I was like, okay, then. Well, I think that they caught them off guard. They're like, why would they assume that you weren't smart? I think it was a very different. Um, our kids never equated learning with school. And for their cousins, mm. that's how you learn as you go to school. Right. And I think that conversation had never really, we had never really prepared them for that because I think we prepared them to deal with adults, but not their cousins or kids their age. And I think that was like a blind spot of ours, yeah. I don't know, or mine. And so like, it was like, why would they, you know, why would they tell us that? Or why would they say that? Um, and, and it was just, it would become a difference, you know? And then there's other things like when they would be like, oh, well, um, we don't have a media restriction. We've never had media or internet usage or gaming restrictions. So our kids were playing, Dylan would call it chickaboom, like the shooter games, first person shooter games that are very young. Like he would sit on his lap and play um, where their cousins weren't, weren't maybe allowed or they were watching movies that were PG-13 or whatever. And there was never... Um, there was so there was other things like that like I think that would go where like how can you do that or you guys don't have rules our kids would be like what what are like we didn't use context like that like these are our roles we didn't use those words right so when other or they would cuss sometimes because we cuss especially our nine-year-olds and so they're like oh that's a bad word and then our kids would be like well why is it bad <laughs> you know like what makes it bad like I wasn't saying it at you or I wasn't you know and so I think a lot of those conversations have happened right um, but yeah, then there's a lot of us were like, oh yeah, we're in our bubble. I think, our, I, do you feel like that? Like the unschooling, homeschooling bubble can be like a very different space sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now more with the times, more more bubbles are created. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I think, yeah, there was there's always that kind of exposure safety net, right? They they you know they experience everything within our realm, and then outside of that, they. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it could be different or. Well, I think like norms, things that are like standard, like kids should behave like this or shouldn't behave like, yeah. like that. Like we were like, no, they're just, they're people. I don't, I mean, I, that's what, that's what drove me to hunt on school. Jade was it. I believe people are born the way who they're meant to be. And I think it's us or society that tells them who they should or shouldn't be and what's good or bad or and experiences right yeah. and I think that the more we could let them rule their own lives like the less stuff they have to heal from or the less things they have to question about themselves and so it's not perfect like we've I know I've messed up a lot um these last 20 years almost um, <laughs> um but um I, I noticed that that bubble that I'm talking about is that we didn't go we're not religious, like we didn't homeschool for Jesus and we didn't, <laughs> um, nor were our kids raised that way. Um, and so I think that that we weren't trying to protect, I guess that's what I'm saying. We weren't trying to protect them. I don't think you were either, right? Like, no, no, I don't, I think that was one of your biggest issues though. Like you didn't want them. He still knows people he went to like elementary school with and high school with and, um, and, and I think you were kind of scared that their ki our kids wouldn't have that. Yeah, I think it was just, uh, you know, I mean, I built a lot of relationships going to school, you know, and I felt that, um, 
that the children would be limited by not having that social interaction. And I think a lot of the times, right, that, that we were always asked the questions uh, of how are your kids going to socialize, you know, like, um, like as if we were going to build or help create these antisocial people in the world where they never spoke or, or they, you know, or they had a different language or something. <laughs> I don't know. As you know, you talk to our children and I think my dad put it best when he was like, you know, uh, you know, my, our youngest was with him for like maybe um, five minutes and he said he never stops talking. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're right. He's, you know, he's very talkative. He always has questions and, um, you know, and I think, yeah, I think our, our, our kids carry conversation very well and uh, are very social. And I think because they're used to doing it with adults primarily, I mean, adults, my siblings, so there's eight years difference between my youngest sister and my daughter and six years between my youngest brother and Jade. So Jade was always around kids six to eight years older, teenagers, um, and then mostly around adults. And she mm -hmm. preferred adults and she's still like that. Um, Dylan was the kid that like needed people all the time. So that meant, um, which was hard for me because that's just not my thing. <laughs> um, I prefer to be a book with a book and like, um, I don't do well small talk. So I'd rather have like deep conversations or, or be doing something, learning something while I'm doing something. And Dylan was the kid that needed people 24 seven. So park days were his thing. Um, and George really helped me with that because he's the people person. So he would get me out of my, I'm introverted and he's extroverted. Um, with Logan, he's kind of in the middle. Like he likes people for like 30 minutes and then, mm -hmm. or if he's not the alpha, he doesn't want to be there. And those are the things I'm saying where you like, you got to know your kid. And so like, it's a balance between knowing like it's not his world all the time, but also not putting them in situations that we know that um, aren't going to build the best character. I don't know. Maybe that's just the best way of, of me saying it. Yeah. And no, I think we, you know, we help kind of guide, um, not drive, but guide mm -hmm. kind of, you know, we, we know how he could react. I mean, it is just knowing your kid, right? It's just being careful, like not putting him in a bubble, but also not letting him either um, hurt other people's feelings because he has a mouth on him like he's so my kid um, <laughs> so it's just kind of that 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 in between what are the benefits of unschooling I think the benefits are just um, that you've seen with our kids really just letting them experience things uh, for themselves I think that you know we have to, we, you still have to help obviously you know present you things be like hey how's this or maybe they're into something for like two minutes and then they're on to the next thing and you're still <laughs> invested in it and you just have to Okay, well, I just bought one hundred fifty dollars for food. So <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that over there now. And, they come know, back to it eventually, it, I think or that, another kid will pick it up, or somebody else will <laughs> pick it up, right? Or I might just keep doing it. Yeah. I and mean, it's just, you know, that's it, right? I mean, uh, all the things that I've ever picked up and done because I like it, I, I've enjoyed. I continue to do it, you know. And it's just like, you know, I've made a career on something like that. So, um, I think it's just. Uh, you know, it's really, it's, it's really driven by that passion for them to, to want to pursue things. And I, I love that, you know, it always comes back to that, you know, that want to discover, that need to discover. Um, I think I talk about all the time, you know, I used to ask my dad, hey, what's down that road? And I'd say, nothing. And I would, <laughs> and that would be the end of it, right? Where, you know, my kids would be like, oh, what's down, what's down this, uh, you know, what's down this path? Or, you know, and I'd say, well, let's go find out. 
And I think it's just being that open to uh, finding out. That's, that's and we talked about, our, like, we just went hiking. And that was like a conversation. Like George was like, well, what's over there? What's over there? And like, we're going off the path and the kids were like, you know, and I'm like, you know, it's, it's those things that are still in us as kids, like the things we heal from, we do with our kids, I think. Mm -hmm. And then we talk about it with our kids because I think it's important for our kids to know why we do certain things. Um, and it helps again, build that relationship of like, it's not all about, I think that's the one thing I learned the most is like it, this homeschooling or this unschooling journey has not been hundred percent about the kids. Mm -hmm. It's about like us as kids. Oh yeah. Like we've yeah. gotten to like heal a lot of our childhood stuff and learn. And like you said, like his, how he supports us, our business, like we went, I think unschooling drove us into like creating a business because we wanted more time right. and more money to be able to do things. And like, it took us away from like the security of like a nine to five job. Um, and I think like the leap we took was because we were leaping and watching our kids, like just enjoy doing things and living. Like it became our joy. I think, I don't know. Is that, yeah, no, I, you feel? I definitely feel that way. So what are the drawbacks you see about unschooling uh, you know, or what have been our drawbacks? I think the drawbacks are, yeah, there, you know, there are certain things that in life, I feel that do require, do have a certain level of discipline, um, you know, um, process, I think, um, where it's, you know, I, I think there's a place for it. And, uh, you know, I love, I love the spontaneity of, of how unschooling is, you know, if we want to take a road trip and, you know, experience something cool or, but, yeah, I think um, I think definitely it's uh, you know that, that discipline and process where it's you know not really at the forefront. You know there are things that do require that in life, and then you know how things function. So uh, you know, to be I, honest though, once you be like really, really just honest, like is there an example like you can think of like what a drawback is you've seen? Uh, I I think with the uh, you know, you try to build as much confidence as you can uh, with your kids, you know, by uh, providing positive feedback and um, a level of uh, acceptance. You know, we, I think we encourage failure. Uh, but when the child doesn't want to try for the fear of failure, there's, there's that level of, you know, did I do something wrong or is that just the way my child is in, in, in the process. Um, I think I take that personally just because of the fact that, you know, we are both, you know, encouraged to try things, you know, I mean, I, I'm more fearful of that I think than you. And the fear gets in the way of us a lot of the times, but yeah, just, uh, you know, I, when, when they don't want to try or they don't want to, uh, continue on because maybe something is hard is uh, is sometimes difficult for me to to just you know let go. Um, just uh, I think the process, you know, letting that process just kind of die out is uh, is a, is a problem for me. You know, I I encourage them to kind of keep going, but you know, when they're done, they're done. I just uh, 
I think that's one area where I just I, I wish I had better tools to be able to uh, provide them. You know. I think yeah. I think I think every parent, whether your kids to school or not, struggles. Like I think that's a personality to an extent. Um, like I, if you even go to the welcoming uh, episode, the first one, I talk about how I drank all the unschooling Kool-Aid from a colonized perspective. <laughs> and I think we made different decisions. Like when we, when I say we had no rules, like we had no, we could have had boundaries or guidelines that I think we have now with our youngest, but maybe our oldest too didn't have. So it was like a harder curve for them because there was really like, it was a hundred percent always finding the yes, always about them always doing things that maybe didn't feel right to our gut, but like, that's what you said, right? That's what all the expert says. You always got to find the yes and do, yeah, it was whatever. And um, I really think that impacted our kids and us, our decisions to never make the hard, like we fixed all the hard things. Like I know I did that with my oldest. Like I never made anything hard. If there was something hard, I got in the way and made it easier. I've learned that like, especially the last one, like I, it, it, hard things, aren't bad Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and I I think that sometimes when you treat your kids like they're glass and you have to make sure that everything's safe we weren't raised in a very safe environment also so we try to do all the things to make them never have to not feel safe and there's great things in that but there's also like risks that you don't take or aren't given yeah I think there's a lot to be learned from struggle. Yeah, like I think who we are as people have a lot to do with struggle. And of course, you want your kids to have like the childhood you never had. And so we wouldn't push. We wouldn't, there was a hard point of knowing when to push, when not to push. So then we didn't. And we just tried to like make it all great and beautiful and like a rainbow. And um, life doesn't work that way. (laughs) Um, And so totally get that like Mm -hmm. the hard things um the failing out loud like whether I mean I think the only thing I've done really is to fail in front of my kids a lot um and try things like I try things all the time like he'll say yeah like I'll I'll jump head in I get an idea and I want to go try it like this podcast (laughs) um (laughs) um and they've seen me pick up and drop things like a thousand times and and we just had this conversation we just got this game um, it's called skin deep or card game. And so we've been doing this. We got the family. I got all of them, but we were doing the family edition. And one of the things where, who are you? One of the questions were, who are you most like in the family and who are you the most not like in the family, like different from, um, and my, my son's response was really eye-opening for me because all the things I see in me as maybe not thinking things through or jumping at first like he sees that as such a strength that he wished he had and I was like well nobody's ever told me that mm-hmm. I've always been the most difficult hard-headed stubborn <laughs> person that maybe doesn't always think things through and I make things difficult for people but he saw that as like a strength and um and that's what I'm talking about like whereas parents you might think if we could have should have would have done stuff but like they're going to find as much as we made the bubble, like they still found the hard things. They still got through them. They just look very different from the way we would have maybe handled it or the way we would have considered what they consider hard is like, well, we look at each other like, what, why is that hard? Um, <laughs> but it's hard for them. 
you know, or it's difficult for them. And I think that's one thing we've had to um, not beat ourselves up on. Yeah, no, I think we just have to adjust our perspective. Yeah, there you go. We're looking at things from a different angle on a different space and uh, and it's their space. Right. What did your support system look like when you got it, when you felt like you weren't just going along? Because I think for a long time, you were just kind of seen and going along for the ride with me. Like, when I'm stubborn, so a lot of people always tell me, like, it's just easier to give me my way than to have to deal with me. And I think for a long time, it was like, okay, they're little, you know, it's fine, it's working. And then they got to be where, like, Dylan was getting a little older. Mm-hmm. And you were kind of, like, he wasn't reading. And it looked like he was just, like, you would come home and there would either be, like, Jade's art projects all over the place. And Dylan was either gaming or... um Dylan lived in like fantasy land like he was everything was he was my creative guy I really thought he was gonna be like a movie director or something everything always have movement um and he was always creating um but it nothing looked like school like it didn't look like what you would think of like this is history and this is math and this is and so you were kind of at your wit's end do you remember like when you felt differently I think it was I think it was actually one of the conferences I went to on my own, actually, with 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 the with Jada and Dylan. It was one of those conferences where oh, I remember that conference. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so at that point, we were only going to unschooling conference. Like anything that had to do with homeschool, it was like I don't homeschool, so I would I didn't want to. But Dylan, I'm telling you, my my kid at a park day, all the friends went to the HSC homeschool conference. And I had never wanted to go because I'm like, I don't want to talk about curriculum and I'm not going to talk about, I thought that homeschoolers were like religious and I just had a very closed-minded perspective on who homeschoolers were versus who unschoolers were. And um, if you can't tell, I'm like anti-establishment, <laughs> I'm like, you know, free thinkers. And I thought homeschoolers were like, like the Duggars or something. Um, and we had just had our son, our last our last kid. Um, and I just didn't want to go. So George took him to this conference. He took the older two to homeschool conference in Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, so I think that was the, the first time where I was kind of, uh, obviously on my own, uh, to figure things out, to get the lay of the land. Obviously she couldn't give me any insight on to what to expect. It was just more or less, if you want to take them, then you take them. Uh, so, um, I think at that at that point, um, I was kind of opened up to uh, you know to the process. Uh, I got to meet a lot of interesting people, and uh, I got to uh, see how my kids interacted with uh, with others and how they connected. And it was very cool just to kind of be there and experience things, you know myself or by myself for the first time you know so mom send your send your husband <laughs> to a conference by himself <laughs> it's, it's a- I think there's a lot of like interference like I, if you don't because I've never ever conference before that I'd be like here's a schedule take one kid to whatever thing and like you were more like you weren't attending talks or anything. You were kind of just going with the flow. I, like was, hanging I, out. I was going with the flow. I mean, there were, there were a lot of outdoors type activities with this particular one, which made it fun for me because I mean, 
I could uh, I could interact differently than just sitting in a chair and watching or listening. Or, um, this was more interactive uh, for me, which I think um, made it so much better and so much you know how that's how I was able to meet people and. Um, so it happened. Um, they have like the suds talks like secret society of unschooling dads, and it's a bunch of dads that show up with like cool. their drinks um, and or not drinks, you know, their sodas or whatever it is that they're going to drink. And they just get real, like, and it, um, now it's open to like, not just dads, but the other parent and like, um, maybe the parent that like, is not a hundred percent, like, okay, what's the Maybe roles? Yeah, um, like we all have different roles. Like the parent who's not the primary, they're responsible for taking care of the homeschooling stuff. Um, so do you remember what he's told you or like um, what was said that like helped you get it? I, I think for me, it was just, you know, you know, there's just that ease, um, you know, I actually talked to one or some of the dads and it was just trusting the process was, was kind of thing, you know, where it was just like, it was at that time when it was just like, I just need to relax. You know, those fears that I had mm -hmm. were valid, but you know, they're your fears, you know, not, uh, yeah, that it's just, you know, it's in your head, just, you know, let it go. I think, and, and I think from an experience, um, you know, homeschooling dad to hear that and to see their kids just, you know, really be, I think really just gave me peace of mind. Um, I think sometimes you have to hear it from someone who's been there. Yeah, no, definitely. That that just you know, having that, um, just having that level of confidence, I think was was also reassuring. You know, just like it's okay, man. You're 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 okay. <laughs> you're gonna be okay. Your kids are gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be okay. Um, well, I think too that yeah. you they share kind of when somebody when you hear somebody else say that you're having a similar issue, then you're not the only one. It's not like you did something wrong or mm -hmm. there's like oh okay it's a process like learning styles people learn differently and I I don't know as a parent when you I know for me like when I hear like uh, me and my daughter are very different people and when I hear somebody else talk about certain things I'm like oh okay like. I didn't grow up 100%. Like it was like, you know, we're just different people process different things, but you don't know how other people process it unless you hear somebody say it. Right, right. I yeah. think, or for me, that's been my experience. All right. Um, okay. What are the questions you get asked the most when people find out that you unschool? Um, what's that like? I think is the question I get, you know, so, um, I think it's, uh, and the, the easiest way I put it is like, it's, you know, lots of field trips. It's lots of um, experiences. It's lots of uh, exposure to new things. You know, it's, it is, I mean, it's it, it really for us. It's, uh, I think we've learned so much out of those experiences that we've had, those journeys that we've taken where, you know, I'd say it's a road trip to a different state or it's, uh, um, it's a trip to, you know, someplace we've never been before. And that's, uh, I, I tell them it's, it's, it, it's a journey and it's an experience. And 
It's, it's a cool ride. It's it's, it's a, been different with COVID, huh? Yeah. Like the way we've unschooled our older two, and I think this is why we're um. This is why we're, I think, trying to homeschool a little differently. I guess more homeschool than unschool with Logan is that the world like outside used to be our classroom like our mm -hmm. how we learn things somebody was into glass blowing and you we would go to a place that does glass blowing if somebody was into wanting to know about animal rescue we'd go to a place like that um wait what is that when they're making that uh horseshoes or the steel the, oh the, yeah the, uh yeah. they got into uh millwork, millwork yeah, and they wanted cool. to do it and um so we found classes or we found somebody that knew how to do it or had access to tools um mm -hmm. but now with covid I think that's all gone out the window. Like we still go hiking and we still go try to do things outdoors, but the whole learning from other people aspect has been more digital. YouTube, um, Khan Academy. And I think that not having the people aspect is really, it's really hard. Cause I think you might be interested, but sometimes what you, I've seen the kids get really, it's somebody else's, enthusiasm into being interested in what they're interested in right like i don't yeah. know they like they catch it um but like dylan's really into programming and tech stuff and that's totally him so there's there's a you know sometimes george has taken him to offices or businesses and where he gets hands-on stuff um or experience and um i think it's i'm seeing logan learn different because he's not having access to the outside world right now um so that 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 yeah you're right yeah. that's been a huge difference um okay after raising almost two always unschooled kids what do you think about our choice honestly i'm grateful that uh you know we were able to have the opportunity to do this i think it's uh you know it's it's something I know that we're privileged to to do um, in our children's lives um, and in our lives personally. Um, so I I think it's just uh, it's a journey. I'm, I'm glad we we've, we've gone on and we've we've taken and we're able to still continue on. Um, it's definitely worth it. Has unschooling affected our marriage? I think at the beginning it was all um, it was all about Jade uh, for you, and I think that was one of those things where I try to express my concerns with that kind of mentality, that philosophy. It was just I'm like, well, it's all about her. You know, where do we fit in, right? Um, and I think it took a few years for us to kind of get to the point. Um, I remember actually going to a it was a homeschooling or unschooling conference and um in san diego in san diego yeah. and that was one of those aha moments for me where um i think it was uh, listening to a couple an experienced couple uh you know that they were talking about marriage and this particular one was i think it was really really good uh, one for me to hear because it didn't didn't make sense to me at that moment but it made sense later and it all hit later uh, where um, it was about focusing on the relationship. And it was about, <clears throat> you know, that you're gonna hit a rough patch. It doesn't matter 
how healthy or how strong your relationship or your marriage is, you're gonna you're gonna hit you're gonna hit some spots. Not always, you know, rainbows and sunshine. So um, I remember how arrogant we were. Oh, yeah. Everybody was talking in a circle about all their marriage things, and we were the youngest people in that room. Yeah, right. Probably with the oldest kid. What did you know? And we were like, "That is never going to be us. Like, we are still young and in love, and we're never going to get to the place where we're like we're like can't stand each other or feel <laughs> um, so far apart or neglected, and just like and they were they were talking about is um when it homeschooling and unschooling can consume your entire life, especially if you have multiple kids. You're driving one there, you're picking one up, somebody's having an issue with somebody. You're trying to stay in a homeschool community and you're trying to navigate friendships and you're trying to like keep all the moving pieces. And if you're working, you know, or struggling to pay bills, like Mm -hmm. all these things happen and then you become like the back burner, right? Like I'll get to you, your relationship, you'll get to, you'll get to. And then Mm -hmm. the getting to just, just isn't, it creates issues and you feel neglected or not seen or other people come into the picture that make you feel better or all these things that we said would never be us mm-hmm. yeah no, exactly. right that's it yeah that was, <laughs> and that was it and, and I think it, it became us <laughs> yeah no and um you know I was able to actually reach out to um to that couple and uh later and really just tell them that how Grateful I was for that information, though I wasn't grateful at the time. That I'm grateful now, just because of the fact that you know it's not something I wanted to hear, but something I needed to hear, and uh, definitely uh, something I hope reaches somebody through this that uh, you're not alone. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have you're gonna have issues, you're gonna have disagreements, you're gonna have moments where you're just Uh, you know so well I think like you felt like from what you told me like Mm -hmm. neglected in the sense of like we had all these fun experiences that you paid for and you weren't a part of so we would come back with these stories and experiences and or like we would send our kids off to like unschooling camp or not back to school like to go travel around New Zealand or to I don't know and we had all these inside jokes and all these conversations that you were like not we didn't do a good job of like including you in them and so like the prioritizing um of our marriage i don't think like kind of fell into that like resentment maybe mm-hmm. and then too like i nursed like each kid like for three years and they're far apart in age so like you know when you nurse a lot you're like touched out i don't think i was affectionate um because I was like at the end of the day after dealing with like three kids one in teenage land one in like kid land and one in baby land like uh, there's no more energy left and I think like instead of prioritizing time with you or doing that like I don't think we were great at that yeah no I, I definitely don't think we set time for us yeah there um, was like no date was nights no, nothing yeah there was, um, it was just basically getting through it. <laughs> yeah, I think we're, you know, I mean, there's like, there's living and then there's survival mode. And, you know, we're just constantly trying to make sure that everyone's needs are getting met, but our own, you know, and, um, and that, that is hard, you know, and I think we've been able to kind of create more of a balance now where we can 
you know, we have our own interests. We have our own. You know, oh, that was a wants. huge thing. Yeah. Like there was no individualized, like doing our own thing. No, no, never was. There was like the kids and the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then us, but like there was no me doing friend stuff and you doing friend stuff. Like there was, yeah, there was a lot of insecurity around that. I think. Yeah, I think I was. I mean, the kids were the world, and that was that's where we lived. So we didn't have, yeah, we didn't have a lot of relationships outside of of that. Um, so yeah, I mean that did cause a lot of friction. But I think we we've really grown a lot from that and learned a lot from that. And like you said, that's, uh, that was a struggle that we went through. I, mean, I think that that's how I unschooling anything for us in our marriage. Like uh, we weren't, apl- you could see where you weren't applying the, the philosophy, like, of like we gave our kids, like, let them be who they are and let them do what they want. But we didn't necessarily give that to each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you can see the difference of relationship when you were allowing somebody to be their whole selves and then still expecting someone to be what you wanted, not necessarily who they were. And there was just kind of like, and we were together young yeah. and we created a family young. That's really insightful too, because I mean, a lot of where your children pick up those patterns from are from the parents. Yeah. So if we're not setting that example, that live your free life, but we're not doing it. What are they learning? You know, what are, yeah. what are they picking up, right? So, I mean, we're the clear examples of why I, maybe why they didn't fulfill that in a lot of ways i mean i think it was a mixed message and i think like it's so funny um one time dylan he was super little he was like seven and maybe six he was still in the car seat and he's like i'm never getting married because all wives do or take your stuff and don't let you do what you want and i was like whoa like what and he's like yeah you don't let daddy play video games all the time because he has to go to work like in, Dil- in Dylan's mind, George having to go to work was my doing and not letting him play all the time was my doing. And it was kind of like, that was a message, whether it was true or not, was which was being sent. And because we didn't, um, we when we would argue, we would argue in Spanish because our kids don't understand Spanish. And so, which meant that we taught him, our, that we tell our kids not to speak a language we speak so that we could fight. Um, and so they would know when we were upset because obviously everybody feels a vibe when there's issues, but they never saw the conversation or the resolve of the conversation. Everything happened mm-hmm. outside of them. Um, and so we didn't, I don't think like our kids got a, our older too, maybe. Okay. I think our oldest, cause she was more aware, never really saw, like she saw the dysfunction, mm-hmm. I think in a marriage. Um, and we thought we were doing better because it was way better than marriages we were raised in. Um, and then with Dylan, we went to RetroVibe um, and it really saved our marriage because it taught us how to communicate better, even though it's religious and we're not, I'm not religious. Um, it did help. So if you're having issues in your marriage, I really um, can't recommend RetroVibe more than um it really did save our marriage. I think it was actually, it gave us better tools than what we were, what we had. I think we were raised in, yeah. Yeah, it's just, um, I didn't know, you know, feelings were very foreign to me. So <laughs> I, I think we found out 
uh, very quick uh, how, to, <laughs> how to express those things. Yeah, but we also found out he's a better communicator than I am. I'm just really, I talk a lot. He communicates more. <laughs> I think it was, I think, I think um, through written dialogue, it was clear for me, you know, I think uh, uh, verbally, I don't uh, express a lot, but I think mm -hmm. through, the, through written word, I think it was one of those things where it was just like, and I could write pages and she was like, whoa, this is all inside of you? Where is this? I know. It was like, I didn't get that, but I, I get, I think after working and then the kids really wanting his time, like, and two, like, I'm the kind of person at three in the morning, like, what are you thinking? <laughs> what do you you know and that was just not a great time to ask those questions um okay so i think unschooling did affect our marriage in both positive and negative ways like negative in the sense of it was all consuming all the time like we didn't have alone time like we still have a kid that sleeps in our bed mm -hmm. we've had a kid that slept in our bed since the beginning so for 20 years almost like there has been the only reason one kid left we have always co-slept um, when they were babies and then the only reason one left was because another one came in um, and even though Logan has his own room like he's still in our bed mm -hmm. um, and I think that that kind of has some stuff to do with it to the extent of feeling like close and being able to be like you know spontaneous and stuff like I mean we found our ways but, <laughs> so we just but, get what we get <laughs> But yeah, it has revolved around our kids. So I think in one way it's, and it's not just unschooling, it's just the way we've chosen to live and parent our kids or live our lives. But um, I think positively it's really helped us be individual people, like yeah. be able to accept like who we are. And I, and it's very different than it used to be. I think it's, yeah. it's made our marriage better because we've now like used those same principles towards each other. Yeah, I think we, I think, yeah, we, I think in a, in a sense we've prioritized each other's wants a little bit more you know it's like where yeah. you know I will feel okay doing something for myself and doing something by myself where you know that would be like you know wouldn't even wouldn't even be a thought I know it'd be like I've been home with these kids all day like you're not gonna go golf for an hour <laughs> like you better come or, get your kids <laughs> yeah, right now I remember coming home you're home oh yeah they're yours so, what? bye what <laughs> but it's got to work no but i mean i understand i mean it's it, it's hard i mean i've tried to i've tried to oh, there, yeah I've tried. we did switch roles yeah, at one point where was, he was primarily here and i went to work uh, outside the house that's going crazy like it's just like it's you do so much and uh definitely grateful that grateful. was a year right like a yeah, year that yeah. we did that and yeah. that was, um, he was like, how do you, Matt, like, you know, it, it's not just what they're into and what they're learning, it's personalities. Yeah. And like what they eat, our kids are super picky eaters or they, they were, and they had a lot of dietary issues. And so like, um, he was even just like to the, like, why do you gonna make three different lunches? And why do you gonna make three different dinners? And why do you gonna make, <laughs> yeah. you can't go to one place, even if you're gonna go out um, because somebody won't eat there because of how they feel, you know, it just, yeah. it was a lot of just managing and then a lot of driving. Cause we've always um, yeah, that's, yeah. not found local and school community, which we're gonna move into that way in a minute. But um, so we were always driving at least an hour to two hours. For community which meant our kids were friends 
with these with people usually in different like in, with a commute too so outside of park day if they wanted to hang out then then we were driving to and from and um all the events and so that took its toll like it's just like a full-time job i mm -hmm. think sometimes when you have multiples or one and then they're also doing like extra like when they were doing krav maga or they were doing this or i was going to school at night or it, mm -hmm. there was a juggling act happening and i think when you took that over for the year i, I don't necessarily thought i don't think you thought it was easy like i was sitting at home eating bonbons while the kids were like because we have no curriculum doing whatever the hell they wanted mm -hmm. um but there was i think like why why isn't the house clean or why is <laughs> why are things getting done um and i'm like well because i did clean it but like they've been in the kitchen like six times it's time i cleaned it or dylan used to have extra changes of clothes with him all the time so there was always laundry mm -hmm. like he couldn't just wear one outfit all day it was like three you know and um or jade was constantly creating and dying hair and doing makeup or making cosplay stuff and so like there was all these moving parts going around that like i think when you had it for a year it was like whoa yeah. it wasn't as straightforward yeah a lot of juggling a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of being everything to everyone so yeah okay um so other than retro what do you think's kept our marriage alive I, while homeschooling or unschooling i think it's actually just uh i don't know if it's being almost 20 years together, but I mean, we're, we're communicating a lot more. And uh, it's, you know, almost to the point where, you know, I can kind of anticipate needs and wants a little bit more than, uh, than we were. I think, it, I think it's also because we're kind of more connected now than we were before, um, where it's just, I can anticipate a little bit more than, than before. Um, Which is a huge, feet because we are the opposite in every sense of the word which was really cute when we were like first together and we saw the different other side of the coin but like we look at the sky and I'm like oh it's blue no it's not it's red or I know that if I like something that I eat I know that he's gonna hate it um there's rarely anything we like in the same music um our tastes are different mm -hmm. um the what we like to watch on tv is different what we like to do on date nights different like they're just polar, not even different. Like most of the time what I like, he doesn't like. like, like <laughs> so that's what he means. We're like, he can anticipate where I'm like, we are more willing to do things and, and do it with a good attitude instead of being like, damn, how long am I gonna be here to do this? Right. right? Yeah, I think that's, that's it. It's just that uh, that perspective has changed a little bit more and where I'm just I'm more open to um, do things that you like and uh just you know just be open to the experience i think is what it is and i'm more willing to do things that i wouldn't not necessarily do like i'm more outdoorsy than i used to be right no that's but that is also direct from camping with a bunch of homeschoolers yeah. <laughs> exactly. and learning how to be more outdoorsy and dirty that that's just not the way i was before so I don't know. I think we're still up to three days on your camping trips. We mm -hmm. just get stir, stir crazy. Yeah. Would I stay till seven yeah. or five? Okay. <laughs> um, okay. How has unschooling affected your career choice or your career? Um, I think if anything, it's given me more confidence to go after. But you know, we talk about the, the experience. You know, 
talk it's like you know encourage your failure i mean there's i think it's it it for me it's more risk yeah it's you know there's there's things you know i mean i i work in it so it's you know there's constantly things that are evolving at such a high pace and such a fast yeah at such a fast rate so picking up new knowledge is is a constant um in this career I think for me, it's just, you know, being able to know or have the confidence that I can pick up something and, and do it very well. Yeah. I think like being in a house where like people are constantly learning something or doing something or improving on something or like a lot of open conversation when something isn't working. Yeah. I think it's, that's, uh, you know, I guess trying to get to the process of, um, I, I think actually when I took, uh, our middle son, uh, our older boy to, uh, a job site and having him watch me work through something you know and uh and it was a you know it was, it was a difficult task I didn't quite know how to do it but I figured it out right on that you know right towards maybe 20 minutes of just hitting a wall mm -hmm. but trying to find a different way around it and uh I think he was just like just the have him watch me go through that process was enough to be like, oh, dad does, you know, does have struggles with, with you know, figuring things out sometimes, but he's able to both, you know, either figure out a way around it. And I think that was just having him understand that, you know, I'm not going to get everything the first time or know everything right away, but there are different ways to get to your answer. And I think that just having him watch that process was enough, uh, for him to gain the confidence that you know he 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 can work at something to get to the uh to get to the right and it's good to it also like i know when he came home like oh dad doesn't know it all and like he can figure it out i can figure it out right and i think there's less um because i do see the boys or i i think all, the, all our kids our three kids um they still have that wanting to impress us to some extent, mm -hmm. especially you when it comes to things that they're into like tech um, or, you know, whatever it is. And so like um, knowledge, I guess, if they're interested in the same thing, like I'm a neuromuscular therapist and um, our middle kid was like into wanting to know how to like how the body works and stuff like that. So like there's things that we can talk about. And when he knows more information or can can have a conversation about like the nerves and muscles and stuff like that like it, i see him still wanting to like impress me in that sense mm -hmm. right and like and i want that um i think we all do it yeah and so i think like but when we struggle and they see us struggle like i think that gives them the confidence too that it's like not we don't know everything because mm -hmm. my mom used to always say that i know everything and I used to want, I used to think that there was an age that I was going to get to that, like, I would know everything. Mm -hmm. Right. And having a kid at 16, you realize, I really thought like, okay, like yeah. at some point I'm going to have all this knowledge and I'm going to know what the hell I'm doing. And I never came. And so I asked her like, why did you always say that you knew everything? And you're like, I think it was for, because we lived in a very chaotic life. It was her security. I was, it gave me security to know my mom knew everything so that we were going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get that till later, but no, you know, I, I know. Um, okay. So what's the first thing that comes to mind on the, on this question? The, the first thing, whatever pops in your head, what advice 
do you have to any parent who's on the fence about unschooling? Get out of your own way. Don't be your own worst enemy. Don't be your kid's worst enemy. Just get out of the way. Let, let it be something that that happens, you know. Don't, you know, don't try to create a, you know, don't try to create something. Just let it just let it sit for a bit and see where it goes. Not completely hands-off, but I think be, you know, be a component of that education. Don't be the leading force for that education. So so like don't impose your own will don't impose your own will no, yeah yeah i mean the, I, I think i mentioned it earlier was um you know kids are going to be 100 into something maybe it's minecraft and they're all about minecraft for like a year or a month or whatever um or 10 seconds you know but you know don't don't be upset when they want to move on to the next thing or don't show any interest towards it you know just uh, maybe they're not 100% great at math, you know, or, or maybe they're not reading until they're nine or 10. I think it's just, you know, you, um, I, I think that that comes up a lot in the, uh, conversations with dads, uh, in the dad's talks, you know, it's just, you know, how are they going to do this? How are they going to do that? I'm scared. I don't know what we're doing. Don't know what I'm doing. My wife brought me into it or, <laughs> and I think was, and there were, there were a few dads that actually can, uh, come to, um, homeschooling or unschooling and it's 100% on them and they're bringing it to the table. So um, there are others with those same experiences and fears. Just you know, don't be, don't be the block. Don't be, don't be the one that prevents things from happening. Get out of your way. Because I really believe like when people are not on board or don't want it it's out of fear and it's out of love it's out of love of loving wanting so much for your kids wanting better than you had wanting to not take opportunities away wanting not wanting to be blamed if their kid isn't um a go-getter mm-hmm. isn't the kid that's going to be mo- self-motivated um because not everybody is um Okay, what's one thing that unschooling did for our family that you did not expect? Um, I did not expect it to open me up so much to finding myself in a lot of ways. I feel like the journey that we took not only for our children to kind of find out who they truly are and who, they, who they're who they meant to be. It was also a journey on my own to fulfill myself and my needs and my wants. And I think it's, uh, it definitely made me more of a genuine person and true to myself, you know, it's, um, you know, I think it's just the, the those experiences that I've had with watching them go through, uh, you know, go through life kind of has empowered me to be, uh, to be a better parent, to be a better, uh, better facilitator, better person, just really just overall better me. 
So uh, yeah, that's that's one of those things where I just I feel like I've been able to be me, really. It's... Okay, last question. How has unschooling changed the way you parent versus the way you were parented? Um, be more available. So be more available, I think, is, um, you know, I had two parents that were just, you know, uh, always just, you know, were busy. They were very busy. And, uh, you know, it was more of a be seen, not heard situation in my home where, you know, as a kid, we really didn't have input as to what we <laughs> what we had choice to eat or what we had choice to do. Or, you know, um, I remember uh, if I wanted to get to my baseball practice one time, um, my mother would do the best to get me there. But then there were times I'd have to ride a bike, you know, ten, uh, you know, five or ten miles both ways just to get to practice. And I'd get there late and I'd get in trouble, or you know. But I mean, that those are those are things that I feel like, you know, I, I don't. I think we facilitate for our children so much um, because I want to make up for the times that I didn't have or, you know, that I didn't have with my parents. I didn't have that uh, available parent. And I think for their children, they have two available parents. So it makes it uh, that much more of an experience. Um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely this, you know, you, you have to be ready with uh, whether you homeschool or unschool, you know, and sometimes it's at the drop of the hat, <laughs> but um, that's something that I'm willing to do. And um, this, uh, this uh, journey has definitely made it, uh, made it possible and I'm grateful for it. I think like you're a very, um... affectionate dad like you're a very encouraging dad you're very um in a lot of ways I see you be the dad you wish you had yeah to an extent like instead of not having the excuse that I know that a lot of people in my life have like well nobody was that for me so how am I supposed to be that um and I think because we've been very honest with our kids about the way we were raised like they know that you don't have to have something to be that to be that and well, I see that do it for other, other, other people in our, like other, our nephews or our nieces, like you're the, or friends, like you're the father figure. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a cop out though. It's just, just because, just because you never saw it or never experienced doesn't mean you don't know what better is, right? You can, you can, you can be better, you can do better, but I mean, to just say, oh, I never had it. So okay. I don't know what it is. And, well, it's just like a society where you know the difference between good or bad or healthy and unhealthy and you know to make those I think sometimes it's for some people like it's all confused right like what's been normalized you may have not liked it but you don't know how to do different or you do what you like I always tell people like when when I was raising Jade like at 16 uh there are certain things I knew I didn't want to like perpetuate mm -hmm. the way I was raised but when you're exhausted and tired and on your last string like sometimes you do what is normal you do what you know you do what you know mm -hmm. and I think um 
choosing, even though we've both worked, like when it it was still making ends, barely making ends meet in the beginning, mm -hmm. right? And like with finances and kids and, and other extra stuff that, you know, family of origin stuff, like it makes it difficult. And so I think sometimes like, I, it, I don't think it's a necessarily always a cop out. I think sometimes it's, it's like you do better when you know better, but sometimes there's not people in your life to show you better or to know like, okay, I want to do this, but I don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And some people won't step on the ledge to be in case they fall off of it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Back down. So I don't know. I, I kind of see like the way you've raised the kids, like you don't yell, you don't hit, you don't belittle. You are always there to be the yes. Like I always joke, like if you ask the kids ask for the moon, you'd figure out how to go get it. <laughs> but it's not just to appease them. It's to like, you don't minimize their interests. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you always, if they want a dual disc, if they're into, into Pokemon, it's not like that's stupid and it's not going to make you money and like, don't spend your time on that. That's like, okay, well, let's get into it. Like, what do you like about it? Or it's tied to things you wouldn't necessarily consider educational. So one thing I've noticed in the way you raise the kids is that, and maybe it's the unschooling way that we've kind of already, um, applied like life like there is no difference between right now we're using the word unschooling and homeschooling because we're doing podcast <laughs> um but this is our life like I don't think mm -hmm. we have divided things into subjects or this is real life and this is pretend life mm -hmm. it's kind of all been one big world that we live in thank you for being here with us and being very open and um I asked him as he was cleaning the pool, <laughs> if you would come on the podcast, I've been sick lately. So I haven't really been doing a lot of um, planning and getting guests on. So please go to the website, homeschooling homegirls. would love to hear your story and you could be a guest and it could be videoed or just audio. It's up to you. Um, but I, what the whole point of this podcast is to show a BIPOC experience of homeschooling and unschooling to start changing the narrative of who homeschools and what it looks like. Uh, so your social proof of reviews is how other homegirls are going to find us. Um, and so please go on to wherever you listen to podcasts and rate us and uh, leave any questions or feedback um, at our website, homeschoolinghomegirls.com. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks for kicking it with us today. Want to talk about homeschooling and unschooling in between episodes? Follow us on Instagram at homeschoolinghomegirls. Enjoy the process of raising empowered people. You got this.